You guys, I don't know if I've ever been more excited for a show because I am into dark comedies. And my guests today, Guy Busick and Ryan Murphy, not the Ryan Murphy, wrote the latest great dark comedy film, Ready or Not, starring Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, Annie McDowell. Ready or Not, I love it. Gabriel Del Toro loves it. Stephen King loves it. Rotten Tomatoes loves it. And in England, Rotten Tomatoes loves it. In addition, these dudes have also written for shows such as Castle Rock and Standing Against Evil. So, ready or not, here they come. You can't hide. It's Guy Busick and Ryan Murphy. Not that Ryan Murphy. Right now on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilized the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream and some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast Time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. So, guys, I'm very excited uh, to have you both on. We're all grew up in Nebraska. Yes, we're uh, excited to be here. And, Thanks and, for having us. Thank cool. you. And I'll have you know that Nebraska is the second largest consumer of the Breakfast Show. Ah. Not surprisingly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Guy, you and I met in Lincoln, Nebraska. Yes. I think Murph, uh, Ryan Murphy, you and I met out here. Not not the Ryan not Murphy. Not the Ryan Murphy, no. but a Ryan Murphy. Just to be clear. Yeah. One of many. <laughs> Uh, so we all met at various times, but we were all in a group together. My first sketch show that I ever did in Los Angeles, The Decepticons, which you guys spearheaded. A, a brilliant, brilliant piece of comedy. <laughs> yeah, that's still one of my favorite things I've ever done. Yeah. It, it was a very fun time. I thought it was great because we did I, – I think it's very edgy at the time, and it might still be edgy if we did it now – we did a show where our first show, we did it as if it was we had been doing shows together for 15 years, <laughs> and it was our farewell performance. And we were all in our mid-20s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I still get requests sometimes if we're going to bring the Decepticons back, which, you know, it's something to think about, guys. It might I think be about we should. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the time has finally come. You guys grew up in – I have a lot of friends that are from Grand Island, Nebraska, which I always say is it's neither Grand nor an island. But, you know, <laughs> changed my mind. Is it Grand? Is it an island? It's, it's, a, it's a great place to grow up. It genuinely is. It, yeah. It, it was nice. And if we hadn't, we wouldn't have met each other. So. Aw. Yeah. Wow. But I, uh, it was but, good, though. I mean, we, we still – I think a lot of our work is still kind of infused with a lot of the things and characters and places from back home. Really? In what way? Well, I mean, it's maybe not so much in Ready or Not, but definitely other things we've written have definitely. Yeah. Well, actually, Ready or Not is a true story, and it happened to me, <laughs> and it happened there. So, uh, oh wow! Okay, I'm breaking this right I, I, now. I'm, I'm still learning things even even now. Uh, so, but do you think that growing up in Nebraska like affected the the your style of comedy? And uh, I mean, I feel like it did for me. I'm just curious how you guys felt. I I would definitely say yes. I mean, I, I think, I mean, one of the first things that I think comedically we ever bonded over was like really like the Zucker Brothers style humor, just the really, yeah. really absurd. Is it like Airplane and yeah. The yeah. Police Squad? Police Squad, Naked yeah. Gun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like, I don't know, I, 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 I feel like people from the Midwest tend to, I don't know, it seems like most of the people who I, who I bond with over that kind of comedy tend to come from the Midwest more yeah. than the coasts. But yeah. 
That makes sense. I think it's just that there's really nothing to do there. Yeah. And yeah. so you have to amuse each other and yourselves. <laughs> I've heard that a lot from people that grow up in like kind of smaller towns. Like it's that's one of the things that made them good at comedy is that they had to amuse themselves so much as kids. Even just their families themselves would amuse each other. So comedy think, as survival. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, um, you're stuck inside for a long, cold winter. So, yeah. That's true. Ready or not, I love this movie. Thank you. I've Thank seen you. it several times now. I still love it. See it uh, a few more. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'm going to go see it again right after this. Perfect. <laughs> so where'd the idea for this come from? Well, uh, one of the moments I think that we first came up with it was uh, the very relatable fear that you might have when you're meeting your future in-laws uh, for the first time, which happened to me, uh, and I met them all at the same time. And so it was a very intimidating situation, and it's, you know, you have all these questions. Are they going to accept me? Are they going to like me? Am I good enough? And uh, and so our character, you know, has all of those fears, and they're ratcheted up to 11, being that this is a very wealthy and eccentric family. Um, and then, of course, this is the nightmare version of uh, of the in-laws uh, completely rejecting you and trying to kill you. <laughs> and f- for those of us uh, in the audience that may- hey, maybe haven't seen it yet, how would you describe it? Uh, well, this is a, uh, a young woman marrying into this eccentric wealthy family who made their fun- their money in board games. Um, and now they're billionaires and they own sports teams and sporting goods chains and things of that nature. And uh, she finds out on her wedding night that before she is officially accepted into the family, she has to take play, uh, take part in a bizarre family ritual, which uh, involves drawing a card from this uh, strange box. Um, and uh, the card then has a name of a game on it. And you're supposed to play the game. And then once you play the game, you don't even have to win. Uh, but once you play and finish, then you are officially part of the family. Uh, the bad news is there's one card uh, that you don't want to pull. And that is hide-and-seek, and that is, unfortunately, the card she pulls. And hide-and-seek means the family has to kill her before sunrise, and they think that if they don't, uh, then they are going to die because uh, the belief is that uh, an ancestor of theirs made a deal with the devil, and that's how they got all of their money. And uh, and the devil, uh, or in this case we call him Mr. LaBelle, is the one who decides who gets to be in the family and who doesn't. And so Grace, our character, has been rejected, and now she must try to survive the night. Uh, the humor comes from the fact that these people, these rich people, are not very good at hunting a human. No. Uh, these are people <laughs> who haven't even you know changed a tire before in their life. So, you know, <laughs> They're not prepared for this. Uh, the, the dad, the father-in-law, uh, has a tea time the next morning at, at 8. Uh, yeah. So he, no one's planning on this. No one wants to pull that card or wants her to pull that card. But once they do – they, there's no choice. But then there's uh, there are disagreements within the family as to uh, how real this uh, this pact is. Uh, you know it, what's really going to happen to us if we don't kill her. Um, some people actually really like her and don't want to hurt her at all. Some people uh, are just too happy to prove themselves to the devil and uh, and take her out. So uh, we have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Nice. Kind of plays with the you know the the idea of do you actually believe in the same things that your parents and, and generations before you know believed in? You know, does religion carry over? And, you know, are we just going through the motions of the faith of the religion or, you know, do we actually, you know, hold those beliefs about ourselves? Yeah. How long was this process? Six months? You wrote oh, yeah, it, totally. And no, we six had the idea later, they weeks. shot it uh, about two days later. <laughs> no, it was about six and a half years overall. Yep. 
Wow. Uh, I remember the day that Ryan and I, uh, not that Ryan, uh, not the and Ryan I, Murphy, not, not the Ryan Murphy, and I came up with the idea in his apartment uh, in 2013, mm-hmm. and uh, then it's been through many different uh, drafts, obviously since then. Uh, but we set up the project with the uh, amazing, talented directors, Radio Silence, uh, Matt and Tyler, um, in 2016 at Fox Searchlight, and developed it there for a couple of years, and then they shot it last year, and here we are. Let me ask you this. Something takes that long, and it's something that you really enjoyed writing. I you really like the. How do you, how do you keep working on other stuff when that in the, with that in the back of your mind? Because if I have two projects, it, I have a hard time just not thinking about the one. That, Man, this is really cool in the back of my head. How did you guys do that? I think uh, honestly, what we've learned in uh, since, since we moved out from Nebraska in our, yeah. in our time in this business is that it's kind of a numbers game, mm-hmm. and the more products that you actually have that you can shop around and show to people, the better, uh, because the odds of getting anything produced in this <laughs> very, business very are slim. so so low. Um, and this is actually our first uh, produced movie, mm-hmm. even though you know we've sold movies in the past, you know, the studio doesn't have to make them. Yep, right. And so the script can end up getting developed, you know, for years and then just never go in front of cameras. And that's kind of part of the genesis as well was that uh, Ready or Not came out of a, a kind of a deliberate idea that we're going to do something that was we, – we had been doing larger, bigger budget scripts, which, you know, we're, we were able to sell but weren't actually able to get made. And mm-hmm. so it was the idea that, OK, let's do something that actually can be done for a budget and, you know, kind of – put ourselves into a little bit of a box that would actually help us then, you know, get something made. But also it, also putting yourself in that kind of box actually ends up making things – helps the creative process, you know, forces you to, to work harder. It's, you know, you can't just go, oh, we'll just CGI it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. And, and horror as a genre is um, – it's obviously uh, – it's never going to go away. It's not dependent on a big star. Um it's uh, it's slightly easier to sell uh, within that genre than it is some others, um, yep. and it's a genre that we've obviously both loved for a long time, and yep. uh, and we just wanted to be able to infuse uh, our sense of humor, our sensibility mm-hmm. um, into it. So it's not just one thing; it's not just a scary movie. Uh, we wanted to find the right balance so it's actually fun. It's not too dark and grim. That's, that's it's a roller coaster. Yeah, that's something I was going to ask you too. Is like that's a very it's a very uh, fine balancing act when you have a dark comedy where it's not where it's both mm-hmm. you know it's not too much mm-hmm. darkness not too much comedy but it's right there in the pocket where you got a good amount of both how do you guys uh, how do you guys try to find that balance the, I think the key to us was uh, to not make it jokey um, this is not a, a standard you know set up punchline style of comedy mm-hmm. the premise on its face is just absurd <laughs> that yeah. these people uh, believe in this magic box and this playing card and this deal with the devil that their great-grandfather may or may not have made. Um, and that's that's already carrying the entire load of combat. You don't need to make it jokier than that. Um, and so I think the answer is just kind of like what? how would these people actually behave in this situation? They're not going to be good at it. They're not all going to be bloodthirsty killers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are all these rules. We're not allowed to use the security cameras. We have to use these weapons that uh, the great-grandfather would have had in his day. No one knows how to use the weapons, you know. And, and so just keeping it as, you know, quote-unquote realistic within an already absurd situation, mm-hmm. that just – that did our work for us. Yeah. But the humor was kind of modulated right up even through the editing process. You know, we're finding, okay, that's actually something that we didn't intend to be funny but is actually turning out to be really funny. And, you know, just trying to – just allowing ourselves to kind of go with those moments and, you know, and and yeah, hopefully strike the right balance. 
I can't help but notice, since we just said it, that there are some things that are kind of the same as in our Decepticon show. Rules that we never think will have to be used. <laughs> That's right. That's a very good point. Uh, very violent rules that we think this yeah. will never be used. Yeah. Uh, the listeners should know that, uh, that the Brent character in the Decepticons <laughs> murdered the guy character live on stage. Uh, although Based on the rules. Based on the rules, the, uh, the ancient bylaws of the Decepticons, Decepticons, which was a dusty old book that sort of looked like the Necronomicon <laughs> from Evil Dead, uh, which Ryan, of course, made. He's the crafty one in the group. Uh, but yeah, that was just, it was a load of fun. I think, yeah, it's funny that there are actually similarities between the, the I hadn't thought of that bylaws. until you just yeah. said it. I was like, oh, that reminds me a little bit of Including masks and robes. I guess we're just repeating ourselves. <laughs> hey, maybe no, we're no, we're, we're recycling. Yeah, <laughs> recycling the idea. Yes, that's right. So, just like you said, it's it's so tough to get a movie made in this town. So, how far along do you get in this process before you start thinking like, oh, this is actually going to happen? Never. I still don't believe it. No, uh, we we all had a joke, you know, during is like you don't crack open the or pop the cork of the champagne until the last day of shooting. And then even then you're like, mm. any number of things can happen before this thing comes out from the day you wrap to the day it's released. Yep. Um, you know, the climate can change and then suddenly it's not a movie that, uh, that the studio wants to release anymore. So you just never know. And we're very paranoid and very superstitious. <laughs> and so we just did not believe it until the day of the premiere. Yeah. And, and even then it was like, is this actually happening? Because it's right. just so – we've been at this for a long, long time and it, it really was uh, – Right uh, at the finish line so many times. Thinking yeah. That, here it is. We, we're finally here. Here's and the one. Nope. And then it didn't happen for whatever reason. Yep. So uh, we're just very grateful that all the stars aligned. And uh, and it's actually something that we're very proud of. You know, cause yeah. Because the, the be. a, a movie could come out and uh, and it's nothing like what you saw in your head or what you wanted it to be. But, man, these guys, uh, from the producers to the studio to the director's radio silence, um, just everybody was on the same page. Mm-hmm. Everybody understood the tone. And uh, we, were just, we got so lucky with these directors. They're yep. just so so amazingly talented, and so it's just nice to be able to look to, look at something and point to it and say, "Yep, okay, that's done. That exists. Yeah. <laughs> it's out in the world. We can relax. We got one on the board." Yep. Another thing that I found amazing about this is I have, you know, several friends that have written on TV shows. I don't know if I have anyone. Uh, I have some people that have done like uh, maybe some indie films, but none of them have been able to get themselves at in a cameo in their own movie. <laughs> and we can go this way. You guys play like uh, – you ha- you play two guys in the movie that have a YouTube channel, right? That's right. That teach people how to use the crossbow. Is that correct? <laughs> That's right because the uh, one of the family members, uh, Fitch, um, which is the groom's sister's husband, um, he he is given the crossbow to, to hunt the bride mm-hmm. and he has no idea how to work it. Uh, and so uh, we find him holed up in a bathroom – uh, watching a YouTube instructional video about how to use your crossbow, which I believe was called "Getting to Know Your Crossbow,", your crossbow. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ryan and I played the uh, the YouTubers, uh, and uh, we actually shot that in my backyard in Glendale uh, on my wife's phone. Nice. And uh, the way that happened was uh, basically we just got a text one day, I believe, from the set. They had mm-hmm. started shooting, or uh, or maybe they were about to start shooting. I think, yeah, I think it was just right before. Uh, but we had become friends with the directors and uh, they knew that we had an acting background uh, as a couple of them do and they said hey do you guys want to <laughs> make this uh, instructional video that we had written into the script and we had no uh, idea that we were going to be asked to do it uh, we didn't do that intentionally uh, but we were like 
Yes. Heck yes. Uh, we would love to do that. <laughs> uh, and Ryan, uh, being uh, an active costume collector, <laughs> uh, had uh, like a whole bin of, of various costumes. And, and I've been a few things. Hats and whatnot. And so we uh, we landed on these these characters. Um, for some reason, my guy's wearing a Robin Hood outfit. Couldn't explain why. <laughs> His guy was more of like, I guess, a, a redneck type. type kind guy. of a lemmy metal cowboy. <laughs> now – Here's a question. You had your costume. Did you have the Robin Hood costume? Or no, did that was you... his. That, that was, was all his. Yeah. yeah. I can't take That's for, for personal use. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't ask. Uh, I just, uh, yeah. I and, hope it had been washed. Uh, the names, those, you had names for those characters too, correct? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the name I came up with was Richard Babbis. And I'm Joe Early. And Joe Early. Any influences for those names? Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Joe Early's name comes from uh, the great Emo Phillips character's name in uh, UHF. Emo Phillips. Emo Phillips, the famous Emo comedian, who, who friend he, of the Breakfast Podcast. Also, I assume. I mean, who, who a guy and I also sides. grew up worshiping. Well, yeah, yeah, he was another uh, person we bonded over when we were kids. Yep. Yeah, we all. Uh, speaking of Emo Phillips, we all went out. What was it? Uh, what was that it show? Was New, New Year's, Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, and it was a themed uh, New Year's Eve. It was a Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk theme. Empire. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and we were all hanging out with Emo. Emo, well, I know. Well, we were staring world. at him, going. Oh. <laughs> but that was pretty cool, like Boardwalk Empire theme, which is perfect for Emo. And yeah. I look like Odd Job when I'm at any of those things. <laughs> you know, that's all. <laughs> that was a fun time. Well, cool. I'm sure that he will get that reference. Uh, I, I hope so. <laughs> anything you guys, you guys wish you knew. Like, I have a lot of uh, my listeners are uh, maybe people in college or they're thinking about moving to L.A. or thinking about writing screenplays or becoming actors. Uh, is there something you guys wish you knew before that would help someone that's just starting out? Yes. Don't and go into carpentry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I think uh, if I knew how long it would take to find uh, any measure of success um, or just being able to find work, uh, I would have relaxed a lot more. There is this sense of urgency, I think, when you're starting out that this thing that I'm doing right now has Mm -hmm. to be the thing and it's all life and death and each new project that you're taking on, it feels that way. And uh, this has to be the thing or I'm not good enough or I should stop or I should quit, should do something else. And uh, and sometimes it is the first thing that you do. I mean, I have friends that, uh, you know, sold scripts before they even graduated college. And uh, but for a lot of people, it takes it takes a lot of time. So I think it's just patience and longevity and persistence and uh, and learning, developing the craft. Um, work with as many people as you can. Um, even the bad experiences, you're going to learn something from. Yep. Yeah. How about you, Ryan? Uh, I think guys said it best. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's just a really about getting out there and and, and doing it. Yeah. You know, um, one of my f- favorite professors at USC, uh, Drew Casper. Uh, you know, he, first off, he he warned <laughs> that. Uh, you know, you're going to spend the majority of your career, you know, working on things that go absolutely nowhere. And you just, you know, you just have to accept that. That's just part of the job. But if, like I said, if you're persistent, eventually, you know, you will find your niche. You will find, you know, your on-ramp. And so, and yeah, I think that guy hit it hit it really on the head. It's like, don't don't cling to things, you know, don't don't treat every project like it's life and death because you're, there's going to be so many and, and you're going to wake up so many mornings thinking, oh, my God, I've got this brilliant idea and, and you're, you're going to be 30 pages into the script when you open up the trades and realize that that project sold last month you know? yeah. and just get used to it. That's just part, that's part of the game. I, I mean, I know I still struggle with that sometimes where I'm, I'm working on a project where like, okay, I got to get I got to get done this weekend because then I can throw it out to all these people. And it's like there's it's going to take a while. You know, it's, you have yeah. just have to. 
and there's resign yourself to that. 50 more out there, you know, in, in, in a similar, uh, right. with a similar feel. Have you ever uh, been mistaken, like through some kind of communications of, with the other Ryan Murphy? Has that ever happened? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> a few times, a, a few, a few uh, emails have been delivered uh, incorrectly, but. <laughs> That's interesting. I, there's another, I, and I might have told this story for another breakfast. I don't remember. Um, there's another Brent Pope who's a retired rugby player from Scotland, I believe. And he also has a line of shoes and ties and stuff like that. And a couple times a year, I'll get invited through my website, which is just has my pictures all over it, to the pub in like Gloucester or somewhere. Right. And they're like, you know, my friend really fancies you. It's her birthday. Would you mind popping down? <laughs> it happens, I think, several times it's been the same person. And you know I've what? responded every time and said, look, I, you sound very nice, but that's, that's the other Brent Pope. <laughs> So I Take get advantage. where you're coming from. Uh, look, I've I I know both. I mean, I worked for the other Ryan Murphy, and no, I, no, and the, I the know Ryan you. Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'll say that you're you're funnier, oh. and he's scarier, and he also gave me more money for. If, unless you would like, if you that could change. If you want to just give me some money, then I could say like you're funnier and gave me more money. Can I be funnier and scarier? If you give me more money, I'm yeah. I mean, that could be the check is in the mail. <laughs> Before we go any further, I need to read a message for our newest sponsor of the Breakfast with Brent Pope podcast, Ladomas Crossbows and Goat Pits. When you care enough <laughs> to use the very best, Ladomas Crossbows and Goat Pits for all your arbalist and animal storage needs. Ladomas Crossbows are used by such people as Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead and Chewbacca from The Star Wars. And Ladomas Goat Pits have been used by many people with goats. <laughs> Ladomas, <laughs> a proud sponsor of the Breakfast with Brent Pope show. Just had to read that real quick, guys. They're a good uh, sponsor. <laughs> hopefully, they can give me a lot. They're big into the podcasting thing now, too. You know, <laughs> maybe they'll uh, send you a goat pit now. Yeah, I gotta say. So, it, okay, is a goat pit a real thing? I don't care if it is or not, but that was one thing in the movie that really made me laugh is the idea of this goat pit. Yeah, and it's actually referred to as, as the goat the pit. Goat the pit. Goat pit. Uh, <laughs> that made us laugh as well. Uh, yeah, the uh, the family believes that uh, they need to uh, to keep in the devil's good graces. They need to make the occasional sacrifice of the occasional goat. And so they have a barn that has many goats in it, and um, then there is there is a pit – where ah. the goats go. Presumably an old well. So it's not just a, f- a funny name. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not clever at all. It's a goat pit. Uh, so we went out today to eat at uh, one of my favorite spots in uh, North Hollywood, the Hungry Fox. It was delicious. Yeah. What did you guys think of the Hungry Fox? I, I, I was quite pleased. I will be going back. Yeah. yeah. A, what did you, ha- you have, Guy? Uh, well, I got the eggs Benny. Uh, and when you know Benedict as well as I do, you can call him Benny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were, uh, they were delightful. Nice. I, I kept it a little more simple. I, d- I just went with a waffle, eggs, and bacon, but it was all excellent. Mm-hmm. Would... How'd you like the waffle? Oh, that was that, that was a darn fine waffle. Yeah, for me, the waffles there are nice because they're. Uh, this sounds weird, but like they're crispy in the way that like if you make them in a waffle maker, yeah. like if you're if you're at a hotel that has free, the free waffle maker, mm-hmm. those are some of the best waffles you can have. They're because they're nice and crispy. I don't the soggy waffles. I don't I'm want not a soggy waffle into. Well, I, we got on the side. Uh, this Thai sausage that I can't even remember what it's called now. I'm not even going to try to remember what it is, but it was a spicy Thai sausage. And it was really good. Uh, that it was, had some kick to it. Yeah, it has some kick to it. So, and and I know that place has gone through a lot of ownership changes over the years. I believe in in the 50s, 
it was opened by uh, a Jewish Greek family. And then uh, there was another family that owned it I knew probably about 20 years ago. And then they sold it to a Thai family. And they've added the, a few little things. But some things I find really funny at that place. I guess I'll just say also I had the uh, corned beef hash, which had a little bit of that Thai sausage in it, I think. It oh, had a little kick to excellent. it. I should have tried and, that. It looked very good. Yeah, and they also have this from, – from the old owner, they have these these jellies that they make themselves. They have like a, a peach jelly. They have a strawberry jam, I guess, jam. Mm. Peach What's the jam. difference between jam and they jelly? Make an app. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's that's my other podcast. Oh. <laughs> jam, jam and jelly. 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 What's the difference? <laughs> Uh, the controversy continues. We're on episode 180. Oh my. I, I, that makes sense. Uh, anyway, some things I enjoy about that place is that I, I, I think they don't take themselves too seriously. I love places like that. They, they all wear shirts that say second best chicken and waffles. That makes me laugh every time I go in there. Well, you saw uh, the sign hanging by the, uh, yeah. by the kitchen. Uh, time heals all wounds, but revenge is quicker. There you go. Right, yep. so, so do, not insult, do not insult the chef. Stressed is just desserts backwards. Also, good that's one. another sign there. <laughs> Their motto is "happiness you can eat," which that's pretty good. Oh yeah, I mean that could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> yeah, if it was well, if it was an edible card. Yeah, if it was, and then you eat the card. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's a cool place to. Uh, I've been there too, and just they, on the other side, we didn't see it. There's a giant fish tank, so sometimes I go wow. in there, and it's not too too busy on the weekdays. Mm-hmm. Go in there, and just uh, I'll write for a couple hours, sitting uh, something oh. about sitting next to a fish tank. Uh, it's classy. <laughs> it's yeah, inspirational. Inspirational. They're like they can't escape this fish tank, but yeah. I can escape my imagination. Well, anytime uh, I'm very something <laughs> like that. big fish tank, I feel like that's a, a hell of an villain. analogy. Yeah, it's. Uh, let me. <laughs> I, I get I get confused with Confucius all the time yeah. because of analogies just like that. And the other Brent Pope. And the other Brent Pope. <laughs> yeah, not that Brent Pope. <laughs> So yeah, the Hungry Fox, uh, cool place to to. I, I, food is great. I think the the wait staff there is they're really nice. They're really funny. Super nice. Yeah. Another thing I was telling you guys is like uh, it's it's kind of a seminal scene that I remember from The Office, one of the first couple seasons, and I believe we sat at the very booth where this happened, which was either season two or season three when Pam and Roy break up so she, so she can start dating John Krasinski's character, Jim, which is like the, you know, the big love romance of the entire show, The Office. They break up uh, in a scene where we don't hear them talk. We just see them silently looking across at each other and saying a few words, and then we see them walk out the door and go opposite directions. You know, it doesn't get more simple than sure that. Sure really went downhill after Roy left. Right. I was a big Roy fan. <laughs> I don't know who this Krasinski guy thinks he is. <laughs> Quiet place. I want a thing called the noisy place. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just kidding, John Krasinski. I'll be anything that you do, ever. <laughs> that was the other Brent Pope that said that. <laughs> is there something uh, that you guys, you think people should know about you that they don't, or that you want people to know about you that they don't? That's... Uh... It's a good question. Secret I, talents. Uh, you, when you go, when I, you go to comic cons, which I know you do a lot, do you make your own costumes? I, 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 I will. I try to get as many kit pieces as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, like and, and try to you know do as much of my painting and things like that as, yeah. my, as I can. But I'm, I'm, I'm behind on that because been very. Do you know very how to busy. sew? I do not know how to sew. I, I have a sewing machine that uh, is in the box that I will someday learn how to use. Yeah. I would just say, as, I'm going to say this is a professional courtesy to you because I'm, I'm an idea guy. I think you should start a new podcast called So What? And uh, where, where, people, where, where I learn to sew along with, uh, with, with, with the audience? Yeah. But it would still be a podcast. No, no, so people would just hear the machine. They would just hear the machine. You don't really need to sew anything. You, say, if you just get some free So it sound. doesn't matter if I get any better. No one will know. No. 
That's the genius of what I just told you. Uh, 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 I'm in. And for Guy, I have no ideas for you. Uh, <laughs> you know, one thing I kind of want to talk about is uh, all three of us at times used to go to Vegas a lot back when we first moved out. And to me, it's like the older I get, I'm just too tired to go there. All <laughs> the less often I go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Guy, we used to be big fans of that movie Swingers. Indeed. And sometimes we would go to, we would just follow the advice. Uh, even though I think part of that movie is a cautionary tale, right? <laughs> <laughs> follow what they did anyway. Yep. And always up. double down on eleven. Uh, always double. Down. <laughs> well, we're not in Kansas <laughs> anymore. <laughs> now, who would have thought that Favreau, even though he's great in that movie, great. Uh, oh yeah, it's well written movie. Was gonna all later on be directing Iron Man, well, and and be in all the Avengers movies. I mean, wow. He's kind of an inspiration. Like oh, quite yeah. a career trajectory this guy's had. Yes. Yeah, definitely. That time in uh, Los Angeles too. You know, I did. We all go swing dancing sometimes. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I, I've been I, I to, go to the Derby, Derby a couple times, times, but I couldn't swing yes. dance at all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and now that place is a bank. Think about that. Oh, that's oh. A bummer. Twenty years ago, the swing dancing thing was in, and now it's that is depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Like my point is like Los Angeles is constantly changing. Yeah. And things that were, like, really cool 20 years ago are, like, not even existent anymore. Mm. Oh, so, I, I just think about the downtown skyline. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I, I still feel like I just moved to Los Angeles. But, like, when I see pictures of the skyline when we first moved here, it's it just like, oh, wow. Yeah. Does that, um, does that sometimes come into play when you guys have ideas and you think it's really trendy when you start writing it? And then, and then like, a couple years later, you're like – now it's like not even a thing and we can't even pursue this project anymore? I think that's another uh, bit of advice uh, <laughs> that, that we would have that we've learned is just don't try to chase the trends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you're, the, the things that are coming out now, I mean, they've been developed for years. Yeah, right. And yours that you're trying to write to, to catch a wave wouldn't come out for years from that point. Okay, so Guy and Ryan, obviously, uh, ready or not, was just in the movie theaters. Is not there anymore. When can we see this in our homes? We're very excited to announce uh, the movie will be available to buy digitally on November 26th. That's a Tuesday, and then one week after that, uh, you'll be able to rent it digitally uh, or buy the Blu-ray. And uh, the the home video release has a lot of exciting extras. We have like 40 minutes of behind the scenes documentary, like making of. And uh, there's a commentary track with the directors and Samara herself, and even a gag reel. Cool. I'm, this is going to be a stocking stuffer for me this year. Uh, we got about a month till the holidays. I love it. And we got what two days until it's released, so I can put it in my uh, in my cart right now and just wait for it to come. You live. can pre-order. Pre-order on go. iTunes. Yes. All right. So I'll ask both of you guys this question, and uh, either one of you can answer first, but only one of you can answer last. Uh, <laughs> uh, in, in the future, there will be uh, t- two movies, one called The Guy Music Story and one called The Ryan Murphy, Not That Ryan Murphy Story. Uh, who, who's going to play Guy Busick or Ryan Murphy, Not That Ryan Murphy, in those movies? Uh, my top choice would be you. Oh, yeah. Makes um, sense. You're an accomplished actor, and I think we uh, we're both very fit. We 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 look very much yep. alike. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not you, Liam Neeson. Mm. And if not Liam Neeson, Anna Kendrick. Oh, I think Anna Kendrick would do a really good job as you. I don't I know why. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I think she would be great. I yeah. think she could nail it. Hmm. Interesting. It's given oh. me a lot to think about. 
I like that. Also, I'm going to have to eliminate Anna Kendrick so I can play Guy in the Guy Busey story, <laughs> apparently. I don't know. Sorry, Anna. Watch out. She's too busy doing those uh, hotel commercials. Uh, <laughs> well, I've recently been told that uh, I-, I look like a young Alan Alda. So oh. I-, I think... Uh, I could see that. Are you, are you yeah. seeing it? Okay. I- I'd never seen it before, but uh, other... Once I say that, other people are, are, are agreeing. So I guess I'm going to go with uh, Alan Alda will play me, but we'll do, you know, kind of age him down. But he'll also be a composite character of me and some other people. Nice. So I will be, you know, the character will be more Who successful. Who are some of the other people? Uh, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, I say Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I've seen you fight. I, I, want, I Director, <laughs> kung fu, you know. He does love robes. I, I love robes. And kimonos, yeah. <laughs> the shorter, the better. <laughs> I do love me a good shorty robe. Well, with that, speaking of things to plug, <laughs> if you would like to see more about the Breakfast Podcast, such as pics of Ryan Murphy, not that Ryan Murphy, Guy Busick, and I having breakfast at the Hungry Fox, there are some places you can go. You can go to my Instagram or my Twitter at Scoops Pope. You can go to the show Instagram page at Breakfast Podcast. You can go to my website, BrentPope.com. In addition, there are many other places you could go to listen to the show. You can listen on Stitcher. You can listen on Spotify. You can listen to it on iTunes. Uh, so all of those places. Uh, Guy and Ryan, anything else you guys want to plug, and where can we find you on social media? Uh, Castle Rock Season 2 comes out October 23rd. We had a great experience writing on that show. A lot of fun. It's on Hulu. I'm excited about that. I was a fan of the first season. So I'm great. really looking forward to season two. Yeah, we had a, a great time working on it. Ryan and I had the privilege of writing two episodes this season. Awesome. Um, episodes four and seven. And uh, we're very excited that that's coming out. Yes. Um, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Guy Busick. Nice. And I am not on social media, but uh, you can find me on my wife's Instagram between pictures of our cats. Nice. Often wearing very short robes. <laughs> and, and shorty robes. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, guys, well, one guy... That's me. And one Ryan. Thanks Not so the... much for coming in. I'm so proud of you guys. This movie's Thank amazing. You. Thanks, man. I'm in awe of you. I'm a little bit jealous, but hey, that's that jealous will jealousy will uh, make me hate myself in the morning. That's all. I was gonna say it was gonna <laughs> drive me, but it won't. It's gonna get you out uh, of that good <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Thanks Thank for having breakfast with me. And guys, uh, with that, that puts another episode of Breakfast in the old to go bag. See you.